0: Oh, great suggestion, Donatello. Yeah, dude. Next time you want to go to pick a peck of pizza, include us out. I've never seen such tiny pizzas. This must be how that McDonald Crump dude got to be a multi-bazillionaire. Some claim to fame. Owning the chintziest chain of pizza farmers in the world. Rip-off city. From now on, I'm gonna stick to good old Vinny's. Oh, but Vinny doesn't give away these free scratch-off contest cards. Oh, oh, look! Look, well, guys, I won a prize! Hey, everyone, ever, and welcome to 20th Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present by living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins, and Bob Canning's name is on vacation this week. Summer vacation for that guy. Hope he's enjoying it. Hope he's back soon um listener are you on summer vacation maybe you are maybe maybe you just got back um you know if you're not you better hurry because it's almost august which as a kid in the 80s and early 90s meant almost back to school in august with an actual full month until september Um, It was actually one of those few moments from childhood where my perception of time actually skewered shorter, like, uh, you know, like back then a year, a month, even a week stretched out proportionately to its actual length or, or non proportionately, I guess, to its actual length, like the three years, the three years between Star Wars films. Back then, that was an epic era filled with rumors, supposition, and, you know, enough expanded universe material courtesy of a toy uh, box of plastic Kenner parts. Now, you know, in the current 21st century now, the, the three years between, say, Avengers movies doesn't really feel that lengthy because, well, you know, they hit FX or TNT well before the next one's release date, and because we can all follow the links, leaks, and numerous trailers at the tap of an iPhone, thanks to events like, well, this past week's Comic-Con and YouTube. And I'm sure some of this changing feelings of time or proportionate time is just that I'm 40 something, you know, past the marking of Timothy Busfield's relevance. Time doesn't shift. I, does it? I don't actually know the science on that one. I just know my perception of time shifts as I get older. The longer you have been, the, the less length individual moments have, and so, you know, in a rare display of, what, precognition back at age 12, I think I was, you know, as I exited a movie screening of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, only to be whisked away to the Eastbrook Mall to peruse possible school clothes for the impending year, the month of August that I had just entered already seemed over and this impending reality of eighth grade was just a pratfall away or maybe it was just the fact that we were school shopping there you know school shopping at the beginning of august maybe maybe the application of price or 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 rather fashion in a caldor's dressing room and visual distance of the three pegs of willow merchandise in the toy aisle, uh, perhaps it was that aspect of shopping for the school year that seemed to deem August to a briefer existence, that well-intended, you know, not-yet-labeled aspect of Americana called capitalism. Maybe capitalism is what alters the speed of just, what, just being Whew, really feels like I'm trying to manipulate a segue here, doesn't it? What are you talking about tim what, what are you up to what, what um what is the intention of this intentionally rambling intro what are you talking about here? What's on your mind? What's today's topic well, Bob oh right um yeah, what am I talking about today well I guess I have money matters on the mind, this very pressing precedent of price tags, price guns, pricing things but but what types of things you know we live in a society that 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 follows very obvious financial structures for survival, and that that's not groundbreaking to say, and this isn't an investment podcast that you tuned into, but the idea of pricing something not off a profit margin, not based on market prices, not really in terms or of pricing an entire rack of, you know, what, Knight Rider episodes on DVDs. I'm talking about the estimation and application of putting a price on nostalgia. The abstract of that, as always, is the nostalgia of my childhood. Um, the specifics of that lie in one semi-inflated relic of 1988. Uh, something that what I'm referencing here is is something that I'm looking at right now. It's uh it's the 1988 Playmates toy line release of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles turtle blimp. That's B L I M P. Uh, for those who are never fans, I am. Um, I don't think I've talked about this on the show as a topic. But uh, I was a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan in the mid to late 80s. I'm predating the cartoon that spawned this toy line. I, I mean, I was a fan of the original Black and White Mirage comic book that started in 1984. It was one of the key books that got me into the ideas of independent comic books and the idea of self-publishing, and that, that is actually something we should talk about in a, in a future episode, something that I would like to bounce off of a fellow comic collector because... um. Yeah, these Ninja Turtles, and the cartoon was too, but prior to that, they were pretty key to my enjoyment of comics in the 80s. But, you know, again, to focus on the topic I'm going to pretend brought legions of fans to this week's episode, the Turtle Blimp. Okay, how to talk about this dumb piece of plastic and oxygen. Well, very quickly, uh, as an intro, as a primer, in 1988, Playmates Toys released the first wave of a well-sculpted action figure line based on these teenage mutant ninja turtles it was a 10 figure line consisting of the four turtles their master splinter their human friend april the villain shredder mutants bebop and rocksteady and a generic robot foot soldier they were typically posable for the time came with a package of fairly fragile accessor- uh, accessories blister packed onto a colorful backing card that featured cartoon artwork um, images of the other figures and a brief profile the character in question and these toys uh sold you know straight off the rack rapidly and then drove uncontrollably to the demanding hands of kids who didn't have the part-time jobs and you know therefore were were relying on the granting of a weekly allowance supplemented by their parents own wallet uh just to get some of these you know I, i had shredder and splinter first because that's all i could find at the previously mentioned caldor department store but and i have a fairly keen memory of it being that same summer of 1988 um and again probably in august i i remember stumbling one morning into a kb toy store obviously with my mom um and they had just unpacked a a crate of um of these figures you know and i was coming in at just the right moment to see a wall of racked action figures, and and from its bounty there, from each individual piece that was hanging, I plucked who I had deemed my favorite, Raphael, and carried him so tightly around the store until my mom was ready to check out. And even in that wandering about, which felt like a full-time job shift, but was probably seven minutes, that display of plastic mutations whittled down from the prying hands of kids my height or less. These toys were big. The Ninja Turtles were huge. I mean, that's, that's what I'm getting at. And I was a spoiled sucker for their wares. I assume amassed an entire collection of the first wave. And from there, you know, I sought out a few other accessories, you know, whatever was available. I, I think at that moment there was like a turtle parachute and some strange foot soldier or spider robot. I should have done the research here, but I, I think that's what there was. Any, anyways, um, these turtles overtook Transformers uh, briefly for my, for my fandom, you know, at least where collecting things was involved. And, you know, so as birthdays, holidays, and trips to the malls progressed, I made sure to express my own desire that my selfish, spoiled kid reward feature the, always feature that familiar shell pattern logo of Ninja Turtle packaging. And this particular decree is how I wound up with one of the more inflatably ridiculous parts of this toy line, the already once-mentioned inconspicuous turtle blimp, with a detachable glider and trigger-operated bombs labeled Itching Powder, Sleep Dust, and Stinko. And, of course, I mean, I loved it. And not because of a pre-steampunk fascination with zeppelins or any form of aviation, really. I, I liked it because I was supposed to like it. It was a turtle accessory. It was featured on the cartoon. It was big, so big, in fact, that I soon ditched the blimp motif to focus so uh, solely on the one rider glider or part of it, the detachment part, uh, You know, treating it like the sewage-bashed equivalent of the Batwing jet that would feature that following year's Batman movie. And as that green sack of Bicycle pump air slowly sagged like a beach ball corpse. I found myself embracing the rest of the toy as one of my favorites. I could fly it around the house, you know, aiding and assisting my turtles in dynamic aerial fights and rescues. Plus, you know, it, it was a solid base to arrange and set up, uh, you know, my mini figures when I wasn't playing with them. Ace stuck at the controls while Casey Jones and Raphael held on to the sides and a. maybe a laser-toting triceraton clung to the the, the back fin there, trying not to be shook off. It was a fun, sturdy little piece of green plastic that, while I'm sure was, you know, overpriced, still paid back that initial Toys R Us price tag in sheer hours of uh, chills and trigger-release spills. So, you know, it was one of the more worthwhile purchases of 1988. You know, 1988 was 8th grade, Uh, 1989 was ninth, and so, you know, I was entering my teens, Suddenly I was straddling a a new crevasse of childhood playthings and what to do with them as an adolescent. I wasn't supposed to still play act with these things, right? I mean, I wanted to, but the Growing Pains and Valerie's Families and whatever other sitcoms I was going to for developmental advice seemed to think I was supposed to be, you know, into bands and dating and things not anchored by an animated afternoon lineup. So, you know... Shortly after getting this turtle blimp, the time had kind of arrived to stop playing these silly toy games. But I was still enamored by all these pieces, you know? They they aligned to my room, some hanging from the ceiling, some holding up unread books on the bookshelf, some just spilling off the edge of my desk in a precursor to this very desk I'm recording things from now. I still loved these items, these toys, these figures and whatnot, and it couldn't have been nostalgia yet, because I was still in the mists of it. I mean, maybe the Star Wars figures, and the He-Man, and that one mangled Manglore I never really wanted, you know, they were all stashed in a plastic tub in the basement, uh, meaning a little extra effort was needed to pull them into view, so in essence, they were buried treasure from four years prior, so... Not much of a stretch, but if I had really been interested in indulging nostalgia at 13, then I guess it would have been of those former favorite things. But I wasn't there yet. I was still in the mists of the collector mentality of turtle power. You know, I was still buying the figures, receiving the vehicles, and setting them all up like photo-op dioramas. I was still buying these toys with no interruption, so I would not quite made the distinction between playing and, and, and collecting. Ninja Turtles ruled, you know, and, and, and their accompanying blimp, you know, they were all still my life, I guess is what I'm saying. I was still a fan, a big fan, but, you know, eventually you move, you know, you, you, you move on, and, and I don't mean in a, a developmental sense. I mean uh, geographically. Four seemingly lengthy years passed in a slow wink, and, and suddenly I was heading out to college, Emerson College, the uh, origin story of my currently on vacation co-host and my friendship. And so to to uh, to pack up for there, I had the unfortunate curation of leaving my bedroom behind. But I still wanted to bring a few accompanying thoughts of comfort. You know, I was going to a new place. I wanted something you know, something from my old room that meant the world to me, Uh, you know, and it it wasn't in the form of childhood longing that I wanted to bring these things, but it it was for security and and for comfort in the immediate moment. I was trying to think what would make the frighteningly unfamiliar setting of a freshman dorm room just a little more hinted towards a room I could sleep in, you know, how, how, how do I mark off my territory? What would I choose to surround myself with? And as an addition of new importance, how would I project that self to the wandering or visiting eye of other freshmen? My move to college was my first real experience of, the, of deciding, you know, what stays and, and what goes. Not into the garbage, mind you, but in the reversal of, um, where am I going here? You know, I, I guess what I was saying, you know, what stays in my childhood bedroom and what was going to this new adult dorm. I had to shift through what wasn't rubble. And make my decisions. Now, I was headed to college, so of course posters would line the wall. That, that that would be the easiest. I'd bring up a couple one-sheets to best beat any preconceived notions with an easy image of what I was all about. You know, and this meant, sadly, an Aerosmith poster. But, you know, it also meant a Steve Martin poster. And it meant a Return of the Jedi poster. And to represent my fondness for all things comics, books, uh, an X-Men poster... So, you know, maybe I was just bringing up 16 thumbtacks, but that was it. You know, that was enough for the wall decor. And, and, and with that said, you know, I didn't want to leave any empty spaces on my childhood room. So, you know, I moved a few things around, unrolled some old finds and redecorated my bedroom that I was leaving, you know, with about four separate Ninja Turtle posters. One from the 1990s film, two from various graphic novel collections, and, you know, the original wall hanging I had first found in a comic book store in 1986. They all went up in my childhood bedroom. And they were all, you know, they were staying behind. Deemed to remain with my childhood things. But but, but the college, going up to college, I knew I'd have a shelf... And I knew I'd have a desk, so I figured you know I should box up a few knickknacks to better decorate my intended writing space. So for that, I grabbed a, a diecast Slave One uh, ship from *The Empire Strikes Back*. I grabbed my Shark-tikon, uh named Gnaw from the Transformers. Uh, I, I think I had a snapshot from Roswell, New Mexico, and a rubber alien figurine, you know, to show what kind of science mattered most. There might have been an X-Men figure thrown in there as well, but. At least for my initial outing of that first week to college, that was it for toys making the trip, which meant all my turtles, you know, my two hanging shelves worth of posable action figures and the room littered with accompanying uh, party wagons, sewer cycles, and blimp detritus were staying at my parents' address. You know, I squeezed out of that home without a single scent of turtle fandom on my body, Yet to any visitor to my parents, you know, they would find a suspended in time depiction of one boy's obsession with amphibious Renaissance painters. So, you know, as, as years become decades, I'm sure a lot of this memorabilia becomes trash. You know, I, I, I didn't fully express this part yet, but, you know, as a Ninja Turtle fan um, in the 80s and 90s, I collected everything with a turtle on it. Well, mutated turtle, you know, and this meant the posters, but, but it also meant notebooks, unopened cereal boxes, Elio's pizza packaging, uh, cassettes, spatulas, shirts, a hat, um, stuffed animals, storybooks, coloring books, activity books. Seriously, uh, the focus of mo- most fanboy collecting poisons the earth, poisons it like a landfill or, or does when it's thrown out like garbage, which is where all those things wound up as well as a desk drawer full of the backing cards the action figures originally came on. But as for the figures themselves, you know, they, they stayed imprisoned in a plastic storage box, but at least they got to share a cell, right? And it was large. I mean, in this box, they could also park their van, their skateboard, and, well, their uninflated turtle blimp. But they weren't on display, You know, these toys, they weren't being seen, they weren't being admired, posed, or or even discussed. I mean, maybe a wind-up Mauser would stand alongside some books about music, or I'd think of Krang and decide to briefly display him, you know, before moving. But mostly, with each change of, you know, residence, they were just another box to be shipped and hidden under a bed, like an Ark of the Covenant that can't melt Nazis. They were just in a stored stasis of disinterested fandom. You know, they they, they weren't thought of as loved things. They were just thought of as a hassle for when we moved. That turtle blimp was not the storyline centerpiece of my late 80s childhood. It was a mere piece of plastic wrapped in a ridiculous concept and buried out of sight. But why talk about it today, you know? I mean, maybe you can argue like, look, Tim, there's a topic. You're talking turtles. It's serving a function. It's serving a purpose. Well, we haven't talked about the turtles before. We haven't mentioned the turtle toys. We're mentioning the blimp today because, yes, it's out of the box. It was briefly inflated, by the way. A practice that nearly induced killer asthma in, in the host you're listening to. Fortunately, I found a a um an air pump from a... Never used exercise balls, so I was able to use that. But yeah, the blimp was in my living room recently. As recently as last week and as currently as right now. Um, I separated those two moments because the actual blimp portion has since deteriorated, deflated. And now it's, again, the glider, the, glider, the glider covered by a no longer inflated covering. But the thing is, when I brought the toy out, this blimp, I brought it out last week to clean it off to polish it up the best I can, to take some photos, you know, to take some snapshots. A photo opt of the turtle blimp. For what purpose? Well, for eBay. Yeah, for eBay. I Look, I'm I'm, I'm 41 and I don't have a savings account. So yeah, I could use a little extra cash. And so the direction that we recently thought, me and my girlfriend for our future, was let's begin savings. And to come up with some of these savings, I've enlisted the assistance... Of a simple app on my phone that connects me to eBay. Yeah, you've been on eBay. You know what it is. You know what this online bidding site is. People put pictures of things up that they have. And for me, and for what I look like, it's mostly action figures. It's mostly toys. It's mostly things from the past that collectors want. And they put them up there. And they put them on display, and people, like an auction, bid on them. People uh, registered with cool whatever names they might have to identify themselves on eBay. Uh, bid on these items and and i've i've sold a lot on ebay already you know i've sold some transformers i've sold all my battle beasts i've sold a lot of turtle wares and this blimp this turtle blimp was the most recent addition to um that process and so i took some photos i inflated it i and i wrote a little write-up a little blurb because you, know, you got to present these things you're putting it up online um honestly someone who who is searching Title searching turtle bump probably knows what it is. So maybe you don't have to go too far out in your description. But still, you want to put your best uh couple letters forward. So, you know, you try to write a realistic description of it, you know, induce a little bit of nostalgia, but not over be overbearing because I think people can see through that. And you want to mention any shortcomings, you know, scuff marks doesn't hold its inflation couple decals peeling. But the fact is, it's complete. Everything's there. No box. And, uh, you know, but, but it's all there. And, and you put it up. I put it up on eBay for display, for sale. And, and it's there, you know. And I guess I'm talking about this right now as the bidding war commences. Because as it's sitting here in my room, and yes, there is a bid on it. It's been bid upon, so someone is going to buy it. It's slowly not my It's slowly becoming not mine you know, because when the bid is over, I need to package this thing up. When the auction is over, I need to package it up and ship it out, this turtle blimp. And it's not mine anymore. But but I, I think that the the steps leading up to that, I guess, when, what am I focusing on here? Look, I I guess what, hmm, I guess what I'm having a hard time with this is what we're talking about. Is that, you know, I had to put the blimp up on eBay. And I'm putting it up there out of curiosity of would this thing even sell. You know, so I did a search. I'm like, are people collecting turtles toys? And they are. I sold a bunch of figures on eBay earlier this year. So I know, that, I know that there's some interest. But what I was surprised to find out is that there's actually interest in this blimp. And that it has been listed on eBay before for $85 out of the box. In the box, it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But I don't have the box. But out of the box, $85, $90, $60. You know, some pretty decent double-digit numbers for an immediate payoff, you know, for someone who works hour to hour, I guess at an hourly wage, that seemed like a lot to me. And and, and it struck me that I could post this thing at such a price. But I also realized that maybe posting it immediately at $80 was a bit presumptuous. Nobody's looking for an $80 blump. I think it just reaches that point as multiple people look at it. So, you know, even eBay suggests put put a limited price on it. Put a believable price on it. And what was believable? eBay seemed to think listed for 8 to $10. List your toy, your plastic glider and uninflated blimp top for that amount and see where the bidding goes. Well, that wasn't enough, I thought. 8 to $10, that's not worth the effort. That's not worth the memory. That's not worth a turtle blimp. Got to up that price, you know. I, I, I got I to put more there. So I listed it for $25 the base price of $25. Because so I thought, well, that's not asking too much. It's not 40. It's not 50. It's a believable amount. It's probably around the amount it costs when it first, uh, when it first came out. So, you know, I'm, I'm making an honest offer. I don't have the box. It's been played with, but it's a collectible, right? It's got nostalgic value. So put it up, Tim, put it up for 25 and watch the bidding commence. See how high that'll go. Somebody might do five more, 10 more and, and see where it goes. And I, I was, I was all prepped to be like this, Is gonna pull in some cash. Well, (sighs) took a little pause in the recording that you may or may not have gauged, and I checked checked on the bidding because we're we're closing in on the closing of this auction, and it's at twenty-five, it's at a steady twenty-five. Someone bid the twenty-five, so that's good. They made the initial bid. No one is counter bidding, no one is challenging it. The price isn't going up, it's staying at a pretty pretty solid $25. And and I, I have to say. I'm feeling a bit of a remorse, I'm feeling a bit of a, I don't know, a struggle here. You know, I'm looking at this 25 and I'm thinking, like, that can't be it, right? I mean, shipping is half of that, so the initial amount I would get would be 25 plus shipping. But the shipping goes into transporting it, so $25. $25 doesn't look like a lot, actually to deposit into a savings account with other things it does it adds up but you know the initial $25 I'm like that that that's it's two tens and a five that that's that's easy change easy money to make that's what I'm selling this off for you know I'm suddenly thinking like this is that this isn't you know this isn't some random you know unloved accessory loose fitting piece that went with some greater toy line this is the turtle blimp is actually a thought I'm having this thing was, was part of my childhood. This, the, the base glider of this flew around my house, dropping bombs on the Unexpecting Foot, reenacting the pre-cathedral scene from 1989's Batman, only with Casey Jones in the Batman place, April in the Vicki Vale place, and the Shredder and the Joker's place, and four turtles added to it. But it, kind of the same thing. You know, this thing has importance. This is from the 80s. I managed to keep it in great shape from the 80s. And unlike a lot of the gliders featured on eBay, I've got the balloon top. Now, nobody's balloon top holds air forever, as I've noticed as it's sagged over the days since the photo shoot. But the fact is, it's there. You could patch it up as a collector and find a way. But the the, the the reality is, this is a good piece. You know, this is a good piece for nostalgia. You'll get your money's worth with this. But your money should be worth more than $25, is what I'm saying. I'm treating this turtle blimp, this turtle glider, and its top and it's, its stinko bombs that released as, as somehow being an artifact of the importance of 1988, an artifact of the importance of being a preteen, an artifact and an importance of childhood. For some reason, this turtle blimp, when featured on eBay, my eBay page, and with price, by price I set at it, it should have more value. This should be a fierce battle by multiple people who want to reclaim my past. Because what was important to me and built me into the individual that I am now needs to have intrinsic value technically beyond financial ramifications. But because I'm a good guy who understands the commerce of America, I'll put it up and I'll make the understanding that you'll be buying something that you love. So you'll add it to your collection. So, hey, the big dramatic statement is at least it's out of a box somewhere. At least it's in the possession of somebody who cares, who somebody who wants it at least they'll show it what better use of this item and while that is true it is still preemptively squashed a little bit by this idea of that they should pay for it they should pay the cash check or paypal equivalent of my memories and that's what's got me down here that's what kind of crushing me that's that's the issue I'm having as I watch the minutes count down on this eBay bid. It's gonna get twenty five dollars, is my guess. Look, it's gonna sell twenty-five bucks. That's fine, but why twenty-five? What what how did I arrive at that? And what more? Why do I think it demands more? Why am I trying to translate the value that I once had from this item into an invents an an investment opportunity in present day it comes from desperation you know the collector's mentality isn't a bad thing but the collector for profit mentality is sad and that's not why i got this initially i mean we could get into that with comics and maybe we will in a moment but this toy this turtle blimp toy that i have still in my possession because the bidding is still on I didn't get it as a child with this idea that someday it would be worth money. You know, I didn't get it as a child to think that someday I'll buy a car with the green I exchanged this green glider for. No. But I also didn't get it with this idea that this will represent something. You know, I didn't open it as I think it was actually a, a birthday present. I didn't open it up and hold the box in my hand and get excited because I thought now people will see the blimp and know I'm a turtle fan. Now people will get it. Now they'll see this and think, oh, he's into that cartoon and these toys. He understands it. No, I, I held it in my hands and I was excited because I, it was a fucking turtle blimp. Yeah, I, I said fucking turtle blimp at 41. But i it it, it was an item I, that I was thrilled to have. I wanted it. And that's thats capitalistic and spoiled. But, you know, I wanted it. But I had it. And I ripped the box open. I probably saved the box, by the way. I'm, I'm sure at that point I had that mentality. But... I pulled the toy out, I assembled it, put on the decals, posed my figures with it, and played with it. And it had the value of that play. And I even made the decision that I didn't need the inflatable part, it could just be a glider, and I still enjoyed it. That was the value of that plastic waste of trash. That was the value of that overpriced, piece of imported garbage that was i'm doing various takes here trying to find the best way to word this without stepping on the concept of toys but that's the thing it was a toy toy given to an eighth grader you know we can factor in whether or not that maybe was time to move on but the fact is it was given to someone who enjoyed it you know my cousin mike who was on this show talking transformers you know similar toy conversation a few weeks ago I think has a similar experience with the splump. We may have gotten them around the same time and we may have opened them and, and loved them and played with them around the same time and they weren't, they weren't intended to be investments in our future. you know. They weren't intended to even leave our side. They weren't intended to even be thought about outside the temporal loop of whatever play scene we were play acting with our toys. Play scene, whatever storyline we were play acting with our toys. The, 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 it, was, it was an item that I loved. But just because I loved it for a year, and just because it threw nothing more than some shelf space and later room in a box, stuck it out with me for almost 30 years now. I mean, this toy is 29 years old. The, the sheer ability for plastic not to decompose in 29 years doesn't actually give it financial reign. You know, it doesn't make it a collector's item of importance. And it doesn't even mean it's still this vital, vital link to my own, what, past? It was part of a childhood, but not my favorite part. So now, given this opportunity to maybe make a couple bucks on it, I inflate it, pun not intended, but working, to mean something of larger worth, merit, and importance. I now think this toy from my childhood should sell for big bucks to help solve my problem in the immediacy, which is I'm broke. I think because the turtles were so big to me, and they were as a child because they impacted a generation, and they did, and because these toys are considered collectibles, some of which are hard to find all the pieces, which is true, I somehow take all of those thoughts and funnel it into a a, a, a price check, you know, or a calculation without tax, or or just an idea of what this should bring in financially. And I'll tell you the moment you start measuring what's important to you financially, monetarily, you're gonna de- or I'm gonna anyways, have to detach myself or attach something. What am I saying here? Trying to trying to sell off Something as part of my childhood, I guess, is what I'm doing. I'm trying to find dramatic license to say, pay more for this item because it meant everything to me. But one, I don't think the turtle blimp meant everything to me. The turtles did. And so I found an excuse to funnel that feeling into this inflatable piece of shit. But expecting the rest of the world to pay, not for the craftsmanship of this toy that I guess is pretty well built if it's still surviving or was well taken care of. So it has some value financially, but they're not paying for my memories. I can't even charge for my memories, my experience. They're bidding on it because they want it in their collection. Maybe they want to create their own memories. Maybe they want to replace one they lost. Maybe they just want to be a completist. They have their own reasons for bidding on this inflatable turtle blimp, but they should bid on it as they see fit. You know, they're looking to grab something quick. It's not Action Comics number one, you know. It's not Megatron mint in uh, the box. It's it, it's not a guitar pick that Joan Jett bit. You know, it's it's a turtle blimp, plastic turtle blimp with all its parts that I never thought to have out much past 1993 and which... You know, I've never had the demand to see again, and which wasn't even my favorite attribute of that cartoon. Truthfully, a blimp emblazoned with the very name of what you are, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles flying around New York to fight space crime and and extra-dimensional mutations. For the show that is all those things I just described, that's a ridiculous concept. I mean, who cares about the mother-effing Ninja Turtle blimp? It's not a big... Part of my memory. It stokes other memories that that means something, but it's just a plastic toy blimp that, yes, was fun. But the fun I had with it, I mean, that's not worth $40, $50, $60. I mean, keep going. Sold. No, it's $25. Which, again, unless someone swoops in in the next 10 minutes here, is what it's going to go for. I, um, I'm a little ashamed and a little torn. I guess I'm more torn than ashamed on this whole selling things on eBay, toy, angle. You know, in a way, it's good. Get these things out of my house. If they're just sitting in a box, they're not doing me any good anymore. And if somebody wants them and would display them or it feels some sort of connection to holding one and getting one, then great. Let's get those to them. Can I make some money off it? That's where it's tricky. But yes, I do want to make some money off it because I need to save money and this might be a way to do it. But do I exploit for value? Do I really want to be the person who sold this inflatable toy for triple digits to someone just so they can receive it in the mail and realize, oh, this is from a toy box. You know, I don't know what they would think, but I do know an expectation that the memories equal money kills the some of the nostalgia it kills me for a moment, you know. My concept of money as a child was that things cost money and I had to use it to get stuff. I knew that. And the stuff I got, I loved, you know. I had $10 and I went to KB Toys and a Sectar, which is a toy line, not a not a sex toy, Sectar was 50% off cuz nobody wanted it, but I wanted it and I could get that with $10? I was thrilled. You know, I got it. And it wasn't because I got it for under $10. It's because I got it as an item, and I loved it, and I played with it. And eventually it got stored away and lost and forgotten. But but briefly, it was enjoyed. And these things are enjoyed. And, and I think some people hold on to their stuff and display them because they mean something. I've talked before about the Sharkticon on my desk. That means something. Looking around, there's a Galactus set up amongst uh, some of my CDs. There's a gem from Gem and the Holograms. There's a hexadecimal from Reboot. There's a couple of figures here and there that have been traveling with me and always will. But all this stuff in a box. All these toys. Sure, I could hold on to them. You know, sure, I could keep them. Sure, I could think someday. Someday. What? Someday I'll pull them out again? Maybe. You know, I'll pull out that Optimus Prime and I'll... I'll feel the, the the tinge of it. I'll see Castle Grayscale and I'll remember what it was, but I don't need them. And that's hard. Because they meant so much to me. The idea that suddenly I don't need them is crushing. What's their value then? What was the value of these things that I've carried around if I don't need them? Am I giving up on childhood? Am I giving up on who I was and who what made me? And if that's the case, then I find I feel like I need to reevaluate their meaning by saying, well, at least it's a couple hundred bucks, right? I mean, this is rare, right? This is an 80s Wheeljack Autobot. You know, this is Cowl from Shira. They've got to pull in the big bucks, right? It's Cowl, man. Cowl. Knowledge Owl, I think. Is that, is that really what Cowl? Knowledge Owl? I think that's what it was. Why is he in this box? I don't know. but But he must be of huge dollars, right? No. I don't, or maybe, yes, I don't know, but but th- that's separate from me, you know, because now I'm desperately trying to f- write a check with money that'll bounce if I don't get this in. These things, a lot of these things are done, not dead, just done. I'm done with a part of my life and have been for 20-something years where I play with plastic, where I pose it, you know, And it was such a big part of my life. I mean, such a big part. Action figures, more than comic books, are just what was in my room as a child. I love them. But I don't do it anymore. And that doesn't mean I don't still like the source material. I'm not not a Star Wars fan. I'm not not a Transformers fan. I'm not, not a Gem and the Holograms fan. But I don't need the entire run of those dolls to prove it. I'll keep this gem you know and i'll keep roxy cuz apparently nobody wants to buy roxy as i've put her up on ebay two times sorry roxy but the point is holding on to all these things isn't doing it for me anymore holding on to every toy and knowing it because it's knowing that i have it or even assuming i can tell someone i have it and it's in a box i don't even have to to prove it but it doesn't impact me anymore it doesn't give me the same jazz or feeling or blue streak or feeling or wheelie or feeling. I'm just naming Transformers, but these toys don't matter as much uh, anymore. They have value, they're important, but I guess they're not important to me. You know, so this blimp going for $25. I hope whoever is bidding on it, and I won't use their fake name online here on this podcast, I hope they enjoy it hope it means something to them. I'll have to bubble wrap it, you know, bubble package wrap it and tape up a box and bring it to the post office, which is such a hassle. But, you know, I'll do that, and I'll hand it off. And then I'll probably never think of it again because I wasn't thinking about the turtle blimp every day of my life. I wasn't thinking about the turtle blimp every time I thought of turtles. And then I haven't thought to be interested in the turtle blimp since I probably first packaged it away in a box in 1993. So this nostalgia, this looking at the past, this memory of things from long ago, doesn't need a financial value, shouldn't have a financial value, shouldn't be priced. For me, anyways. If you run a store, sure, that's what you do. And if you're selling on eBay, yeah, that is a little bit of what I'm doing, but I shouldn't expect a groundswell of cash from something that brought something of enjoyment to me because that's cheapening it. And I think I held on to these toys for so long without throwing them away because I felt like within them shimmered a future, you know, an investment. It wasn't, it's well past the point of these are the toys I grew up with and it's become these are the toys that have value. Collectors want these things. Let's sell them. And that's sick. That's sad. That's that's a twisting, I think. It's okay to do. If it's the outlet, you can do. But this Turtle Blimp? Nah. It's not worth more than 25 bucks. In fact, that's a very generous offer. And thank you. Thank you very much, friendly eBay. You're going to get some good reviews from Wet Kitten because you agreed to $25 for this balloon with a Stinko bomb-launching device on the bottom, so thank you on that. Huh. Did I really just talk for 40 minutes about that? This is why we need a co-host, ladies and gentlemen, someone to bounce the ideas off of. But yeah, that, that was today. A little corkscrew down a neurotic thought path of toys past. That was unscripted, that last line, and it sounds that way. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to uh, one half of this podcast go all manic neurotic on the memories of his childhood. Um, if you enjoyed it a little, or if you're thinking, oh, I like what it used to be, come back next week, actually. Come back next week, 20th Century Popcast. Why? Because it's going to be two people again. Hopefully, Bob. It'll be someone and me. We'll be back to kind of the, uh, the route that the show normally follows. Um, so, yeah, check us out, is what I would say. Check us out at 20popcast.com. That's P O P C A S T. That's the main website. This episode, along with all past episodes, are always streaming there. You can also follow links from that site to subscribe to us on iTunes, on Google Play, on Burberry, or however that's pronounced, and a couple other uh, podcast platforms. You can like us on Facebook at the 20th Century Popcast page. You can follow me, Tim Blevins, on Twitter at Subcultist. You can also follow me, and by default, the show, on, Insta- on Instagram Excuse me, at Subcultist. That's where I try to post pictures and visuals relevant to whatever we're talking about. Um, you can always email us at 20popcast at gmail.com or hashtag us if you're typing on Twitter at hashtag 20popcast. Uh, We'd love to hear what you think. We'd love to answer some questions. We'd love to start a conversation. So please, uh, let's get involved. Again, we'll be back next week with something of value, something of interest, and who knows, maybe links to some fine McDonald's novelty bibs that I'm selling on eBay. But until then, hey, this guy just won a turtle boom for $25. Until then, catchphrase.